0: the things that inspire wonder in us are often really unique to us and say something about who we are. And in that sense, it like says something about what you're really passionate about and curious about and excited about. You're listening to
1: Make Some Noise podcast, episode number 417 with guest Andrea Share. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad that you're here. Uh, Andrea Shear is here, and she wrote an amazing book that we're going to talk about a little bit more so just the topic around what her book is about. And I have to say, after having this conversation with her, I am looking around the world a little bit differently. And you'll you'll hear about that as we dive into this really interesting, amazing topic. For those of you who are interested in maybe getting a little bit of support this coming new year, maybe 2022 is gonna be your year. I know for many people I've been talking to them and it feels like, they've been telling me that it feels like maybe we're kind of pulling our, our heads above water at this point, coming up for air. And maybe it can feel like a new beginning. And if that is you, I invite you to head on over to andreaowen.com slash apply. And you can either apply to work with me, myself. I do a couple of different things. I have a package of open sessions where you bring your primary focus. Do you wanna work on having more self-compassion and maybe stop you know, having too high expectations or beating yourself up so much? Or I also take people through The Daring Way, which is the modality based on Brene Brown's research that I'm trained and certified in. That's a longer package, a little bit more intense, deep dive, if you will. There's also the opportunity to coach with my lead coaches, Sabrina or Liz, and they, they both have their areas of specialty, of expertise, and they're both phenomenal. They were hand-selected by me. Amazing, amazing coaches. So if you fill out an application, we will let you know uh, who we think is the best pick, and you can have a phone call with either of them or with me, and we can figure out what's going to be the best support for you. And I always want to make sure that you are making the best decision for you. So head on over to andreaowen.com slash apply, and we will get you started. All right, let's get into it. For those of you that don't know Andrea, let me tell you a little bit about her. Andrea Shear is an artist, author, and life coach whose work is driven by her belief in the transformative power of creativity, She guides women to feel more brave, joyful, and vibrant through her innovative use of creativity as a springboard for self-empowerment. For nearly two decades, her popular approach has thrilled attendees and listeners, resulting in her award-winning blog, Superhero Journal, and best-selling e-courses. She interviews authors, artists, and other creative thinkers of our time on her Creative Superheroes podcast and has been featured in books by Brene Brown and Sark, and in Lapham's Quarterly and More. Her new book, Wonder Seeker, 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy, straddles the world of creativity and mindfulness, playfully inspiring readers to live more vibrant lives of presence, joy, and connection. So without further ado, here is Andrea. Andrea welcome to the show thank you Andrea it's funny because I think we've had this conversation offline before Andrea isn't a super common name so for me personally when I
0: meet another Andrea it's always a little bit exciting it's so true I know and then it's like how do you pronounce it no I pronounce it like this so we have the same pronunciation yes we do
1: we do same same name twinsies and I'm I'm so glad to have you on because you've We've been internet friends for so long, and we're in a mastermind together for a short time, and I absolutely love your work. You've been, I think, actually in, in the biz, in the industry, even longer than I have, and I I love watching people's work evolve. And now you have a book baby out, which is so incredibly exciting, Thank Wonder you. Seeker, 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy. And let's start like from the very beginning. Okay. Like for people who aren't totally sure, you know, cuz it's it's
0: jargon. We have jargon in our industry.
1: So do. how do you define wonder?
0: It's actually a great question because some people think of it as like wonder like curiosity, like a verb like I'm mm. going to wonder, which is beautiful and that's one of one of the parts of wonder is it inspires curiosity. And and also it sort of goes the other way where if you are a curious person you might actually experience more wonder. So there's that. But the wonder that most excites me that I'm really talking about in the book is the the kind of wonder where you see something beautiful or unexpected often in nature and you have this like somatic experience of like oh, wow and like your eyes get wide and your heart opens and you have this like expansive feeling in your body and I just love that. Like, that's part of living like a vibrant, juicy life for me is experiencing that, you know, not just when I, you know, go to the Grand Canyon or fly to Barcelona mm-hmm. or whatever like The I obvious things. To, yeah. Yeah. I might be lucky enough to do one day, but but really in our ordinary lives, like, can I be a person that lives, like, that's sort of the, the the thread of my life in my ordinary life, in my messy, imperfect life. Can I also experience that?
1: So it sounds like, like, I, when you explain it that way, I think that children experience that a lot more than adults
0: too, correct? Yes absolutely and i think that's why we need a book about wonder <laughs> like for <Poor> grown-ups yeah <laughs> exactly to remind us and it's why i've been practicing this for you know very consciously for like 25 years like because i think it's it's in part it's a gateway to joy mm-hmm. and it's it's part of it's experiencing the world with fresh eyes with creative eyes And, you know, so, okay, let me ground this in some examples because, um, I don't want to get too sort of theoretical about it, Okay, but like, um, you know, there's the sort of, there's the examples of like, you see the night sky for the first time when you're camping and you're like, oh my God, I didn't know there were so many stars. Like that's, I mean, every time Mm -hmm. I see the night sky, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so there's definitely like places in nature where we can experience it pretty easily, um, what about you, Andrea, though? like, I'm curious, Like, do you have any memories of wonder that pop up for you when I say that?
1: I remember being very young and being just enamored by the full moon. And actually the moon at any stage that it was in, even my mom tells the story of, of me being very young, not having a whole lot of words, but I definitely said the word moon and I would point to it. Mm-hmm. And also even as an adult, I, I think you know, now I live in North Carolina and, you know, we're we're recording this in October and the the Mm. leaves are changing and it never, we've lived here since 2015 and it's always just stunning. So Mm. I do take the time to look at it and just revel in the gloriousness of how many different colors they are. And also Mm. that we, we get to see it for such a short time, which almost makes it that much more, not not that it makes it more beautiful but i just have such a bigger sense of gratitude because it's temporary yeah
0: right exactly yeah yeah so right. So you're pointing to like beauty, like natural beauty, and yes, and the and even the wonder of like the mystery of like the moon and its phases and mm-hmm. like the way it pulls the tides and the way that our cycles as women are connected to it, like there's all this like beauty and mystery attached to the moon. So that's a great place to find wonder. do you
1: define wonder as also because now I'm thinking of something else that just makes me? Upset. Like, I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. This is why I went to college for exercise physiology because I I thought about going to medical school for like five minutes. And then I'm like, I just can't. It's way too much science. (laughs) But I got my uh, bachelor's of science in exercise physiology, partly because I am so fascinated by how the human body works. Mm -hmm. We are really all animals, but the human body in particular. I am fascinated and have been for as long as I can remember everything down from the way that our feet are put together anatomically to work so perfectly with all those ligaments and tendons and muscles and bones and the insertions and how they're attached. And also conception, pregnancy, and labor and delivery is is like, oh my God, it it is the most miraculous thing that it happens as it does Naturally, and just like, can we just talk about the uterus for a second? Like, <laughs> this muscle, like, magical creatures. <laughs> oh my God, like the placenta. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that probably <laughs> makes me the most excited about the human body. I can't even like put into words how oh, wondrous that is. So, I that's different that. than like nature. Cause I thought that you were just talking about like beautiful things.
0: Oh, no, it's not just beautiful things. In fact, I love that example. And I love knowing that you you were studying the body in that way and and were considering even becoming a medical doctor because of it so the things that inspire wonder in us are often really unique to us and say something about who we are and in that sense it like says something about what you're really passionate about and curious about and excited about and cuz i don't i don't marvel at the human body in the same way that you do and I have another friend who is this really incredible artist in San Francisco. His name is Abraham. And when I asked him this question, what's a, you know, what's a memory, an early memory of wonder for you? He said, the first thing that's coming to my mind is when my dad used the word complacent when I was about nine years old. And I heard it and I immediately got curious, like, what does that mean? And then he told me what complacent meant. And he said, my head kind of exploded like one word could capture so much meaning and so much. It was like there was philosophy in there. There was Mm -hmm. like a way of living your life in there, like all in this one word. And so, and he's made, you know, his life is this like full of like this very intellectual curiosity and art. And he said, in that moment, he decided he would never be complacent. And like, wow. So, These moments of wonder, especially from our early childhood, are really poignant and often say something about who we become. Interesting.
1: Okay. So not everyone is interested in dissecting a cadaver.
0: <laughs> <God> no, <laughs> that's hysterical. Apparently you are. I love it. That's amazing. I was
1: disappointed that we only got to dissect cats in my anatomy <laughs> class because the junior college I was at, they just didn't have the refrigeration oh that God. it takes to house all these, you know, dead bodies for a certain amount of time. And I, I'm like, wow. no one else is disappointed by that. And I'm like, I I've even thought about taking that just that class just because it blows my mind. There's a scene in Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god, it was so funny. Let me tell you it's a quick story. (laughs) There's a scene, it's in the first season, where the character Alex, he has to pull someone's like eyelid back just slightly Mm -hmm. and um, stick a needle underneath that person's eyelid to drain fluid from, I think, from their brain. And Mm -hmm. I, my husband was like horrified at that scene. He was like, oh my god! And it takes a lot for him to be like grossed out. And I like leaned forward and I'm like... (gasps) Like I would, I would be like the character Christina, like sign me up for all the surgeries. I want to see it. (laughs) I don't necessarily want to like do surgery that to me, that feels like so much responsibility, Mm -hmm. but I just want to be there and witness it. It just fascinates the shit out of me. So anyway,
0: (laughs) I love that. You know, I'm thinking of one more example that I'll just share just so people can understand like this, there's like a huge range of like what wonder is. Right. Um, I use the examples from nature because they're, they're the most sort of accessible place to find it. Um, and, and we know how to name that wonder. Yeah. Like a, f- a friend of mine named Bashak, she's from Turkey and she was camping with her dad and her family one year when she was little and her dad somehow built a kiln out of like the earth, like the red clay earth that they were camping on. And he built a kiln. It must've been really hot out or something. And they actually fired pottery somehow out when they were camping. And she ended up becoming an industrial designer. Hmm. Isn't that cool?
1: That's so neat. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell, like, I know a lot of my audience struggle sometimes with anxiety. And so in the book, you talk about how wonder can be
0: an antidote to anxiety. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So I'm a very anxious person, naturally. Mm -hmm. I actually, um, finally, after decades of trying to manage my anxiety with, you know, Kelp and kale and right, (laughs) and all the things (laughs) meditation, Uh (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I started taking medication for like generalized anxiety and a panic disorder, and that's that's really helped. However, um, for all those decades that I was very actively managing my nervous system um, as a photographer. I just started going outside and taking my camera with me wherever I'd go. And this is pre-cell phone. So it wasn't like I just had my phone with me. I would actually carry my camera and I would just walk myself around my neighborhood in San Francisco and ask myself, okay, what's beautiful or interesting? And just that question alone would drop me into the present moment. It would take me out of like the kind of chaotic swirl of my thoughts or even like the physiological kind of symptoms that I would be having where I couldn't quite get a full breath all day. And somehow I would drop into this state of flow pretty quickly. And now I call that wonder spotting. That's just like my sort of whimsical name Mm -hmm. for it. And it's part of the book, but um, creating a noticing practice, especially if you're a visual person is a really powerful medicine for managing our nervous system. And so even during the pandemic, when, um, you know, we were all anxious, um, you probably noticed that you felt better if you were able to take a walk, just be outside mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. take a walk. So I think it's part like moving your body in that physical way. But um, if this added element of like, what's beautiful? Sort of like I, I call it like putting on your wonder goggles. It's sort of like, you know, you put on your wonder goggles and then you see the world a little bit differently. And then the other thing that you're doing is that you're you're creating a new neural pathway or you're deepening a neural pathway that maybe you're not using so much. And that is like, so there's this Dr. Rick Hansen here in Berkeley, and he talks about the negativity bias. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So for people who don't know, it's like, we basically, um, we're wired to scan for what's wrong in our environment Mm -hmm. so that we can survive. It's like a holdover from a time. That's why we
1: hold on to like negative reviews or negative feedback instead of the
0: compliments and praise. Exactly. So in order to kind of level the playing field neurologically and give yourself a chance at experiencing more joy, you actually need to train yourself to also scan for what's working and what's beautiful and what's good. Wonder spotting is one way to do that. So I think all of that sort of mixed together it really helped me over the years manage my my system.
1: I love that. And I love the question that you said a few minutes ago, what is beautiful or interesting? Yeah. It's not just what is beautiful. Right. Cuz right. some things can can elicit that feeling of wonderment without actually being beautiful. It's just interesting. And beauty is subjective and so
0: is interest. <laughs> Exactly. Sometimes I just ask myself, what have I never noticed before? So it becomes a little bit of a treasure hunt. Like, oh, I've never noticed that there's a persimmon tree right there. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, huh, have I not noticed it because it's persimmon season and now they're here. And like, so you just start seeing things that I think our brains are very efficient. We just selectively... We see the same thing over and over again. We think the same thoughts over and over again. Mm -hmm. And this is a way, all the practices in the book are sort of ways to interrupt this default mode that we are in so that we can jump into a more wondrous space and not like, so there's like muggle world and magic world. And so it's like a way to pivot into magic world a little bit more of the time.
1: I'm interrupting this amazing conversation to bring you a few words from some of our sponsors. Okay, you may remember last week I told you about this sponsor and I'm still just as excited as I was last week. So if you're looking for a gift idea for the organized person or someone who wants to be organized, maybe it's you for the holiday season, I wanna tell you about the Skylight Calendar. The Skylight Calendar displays your family events on a simple touchscreen device and it lets everyone in the family know what's going on. We keep ours in the kitchen so everyone sees it. It's super easy to use and syncs to already existing calendars that you have. It's an easy way to keep family members in the loop. The kids will know when their karate class is. Your partner will know when you have dinner plans, and even they can put it in the calendar themselves. It's not always up to you. It's all in the calendar for everyone to use. You can also use it to manage things like your grocery list, chores, meal plans, and it's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love the Skylight Calendar, you'll receive a full refund. I have been so excited about this. This was such a difficult thing in our house. Things were getting missed. Uh, Times were wrong. It just, it was such a mess. And Skylight has helped us so much. There's a special offer. You can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightframe.com slash calendar and enter the code NOISE. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight calendar, just go to skylightframe.com slash calendar and enter the code NOISE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash calendar promo code NOISE. So, the holidays are approaching, and for a lot of us, it can get busy and hectic and stressful. I'm about to jump on a plane myself and go to Florida and then California and then Vegas. <laughs> for the holidays. And it's important to prioritize taking care of yourself. And that's why I love Banyan Botanicals. They are an Ayurvedic company with products and guides that make me feel great, help me focus on my wellness from the inside and out. Banyan Botanicals takes a holistic approach to health. They offer tons of free guides and resources on their site. And my recent favorite of theirs is Banyan Botanicals turmeric milk mix. Delicious. It's the perfect cozy winter drink. It's supports digestion and health circulation, which I think we can all use a little help with that. And it's caffeine-free, which is super important for me. To top it off, Banyan Botanicals is a certified B Corporation and is committed to sustainability. Banyan Botanicals products offer support for your life going into this holiday season. And I have a special offer for my listeners, 20% off your first purchase, good site-wide. Just go to banyanbotanicals.com slash noise and make sure you try the turmeric milk mix. That's B A N Y A N botanicals.com slash noise to get 20% off. Be on your botanicals.com slash noise. And thank you again for supporting our sponsors because that in turn supports this show. One of the things I love about this book, as you mentioned, there's so many different practices that you, you name, so many, and it's gorgeous. There's pictures oh in this book, yes. so many beautiful pictures. Thank you. Which you know, most nonfiction books don't don't have that, and so they're colorful and gorgeous and stunning. And and okay, so I feel like I am more of a muggle mind, and let me explain because I don't know if if the way my brain works is more common or uncommon. Mm. I am typically oblivious to my surroundings,
0: mm. and
1: I don't know if it's an ADD thing or if it's a neurodivergence thing or just personality or what. I tend to not notice um so I'm really good at remembering people's names terrible at remembering their faces which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are the opposite right. they could they can remember someone's face even out of context mm. but um will never remember their name and I'm exactly the opposite and so speaking of trees <laughs> we've lived in this neighborhood for 5 years and it's in it right across the street and a little bit down, not directly across the street. There's a tree that must have just been a sapling at one point and grew into a tree, just got lucky and grew into a tree. Mm. It's, a, it's a decent sized tree at this point. It's probably, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 feet tall. I just noticed it the mm. other day. And I asked my husband, has that tree always been there? And he looks at me like, are you, are you joking? <laughs> Cause it's very obvious. And I had uh-huh. never noticed it. Like if someone said, draw a picture of the across the street i could tell you the gigantic oak tree that's in my neighbor's yard gigantic mm. but not this other tree i would have and i've always kind of half joked like if if when i worked at the bank i was a bank teller for a long time if we get robbed i will not be able to tell you what the person looked like i will not be able to tell you if they had facial hair nothing but awesome. i could tell you the sound of their voice and if they told me their name i would remember <laughs>
0: That is so Interesting. Yes. I love it. So, so in your world, then like, this isn't like the easiest pivot for exactly. you. Exactly.
1: That's why I bring it up. I'm not just like talking to, about myself for the sake of talking about myself. I'm saying like, this isn't, I have to consciously do this. And I, I like that you, what did you call it? Like a wonder break or something? Wonder spotting. Wonder spotting. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, like, I believe that it's learned, but it's just easier yes. for some people.
0: Yes, I mean I am I'm oriented, oriented toward visuals. I've always been a photographer since I was a mm-hmm. kid. I remember everybody's faces even if I don't remember their names. So you're right. I'm really oriented toward visual. I'm really oriented toward beauty and light and um and it's partly right because I'm I've trained myself as a photographer and I'm a portrait photographer on top of that. So and I look at everybody. Like some people when you know you pass someone on the street you know, they don't, they don't actually look at the person. I'm, I like full on look at every single person I pass by. Cause I'm curious mm. what their face looks like. And that's probably a little unusual too.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, and I don't know <laughs> if it's like an eye contact thing or what, but it's, it's super fast. I'm always fascinated too, with like how people's brains work and like how yours is different than mine and, and what I can learn from other people and, and also train my brain. Cause I love the neuroplasticity and, and the, and the understanding that we can train ourselves. And so I love that. Like, I'm just like glancing at your book right now. And, and like number 17 was find faces in everyday things, which I love yes. that. I do see, I do see faces like in, in wood and, and things like that. That's yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. Right. Cases. So Yeah. So now I'm intrigued by how our brains are, are oriented a little bit differently. Yeah. Were there any activities in there that you remember that, that sort of stood out for you as like, oh, I might want to try that. You mean that that might be a little bit harder? No, just kind of resonated for you. Um, well, I love, I loved the leave
1: a love note on a banana. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I love I love to leave love notes. I think I don't Aww. know. My mom used to leave them in my in my lunch all the time and maybe mm. that's where I picked it up. But, you know, that you can write directly on an orange or a banana. I feel like the texture of an orange might be harder to write on with a ballpoint pen unless you have a Sharpie or something. But
0: yeah, bananas but, are perfect. They just yeah. glide right along. Glide they, right on. And um, then if the banana bruises, it makes the writing even a little bit more intense and legible. <laughs> I just, I love. I've always been too nervous to write on money,
1: though. I don't know. Maybe it's just I know that you're not supposed to. But I love, I love the thought of leaving love notes behind for people so they can spot them. Mm, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Do you, oh, okay, so what is the difference between? Because you said a few minutes ago that wonder is like the can come right before joy. So how do you differentiate between wonder and joy?
0: So in all the ways that I experience wonder and I experience it, you know, in deep connection with someone else, and that doesn't have to be like a super happy, joyful moment. It could be like a really sacred moment where someone is sharing something really beautiful and deep and personal and intimate with me. And then I feel this like deep connection with them and and empathy or resonance. And that can feel like wonder to me as well. But I think there's like a heart-opening quality in all of these examples and, and a kind of joy that arises as well. So it's not like, yay, everything's great kind of joy. It's like that deeper joy or a deeper well-being of like, I am present, I am connected to myself, maybe to nature, maybe to someone else. And there's a just a real like authentic joy that comes from that from presence, really. Mm -hmm. Do you find
1: that, you know, speaking of, of presence and do you find that like, you know, wonder spotting or, or just trying this exercise a lot, maybe with other people or yourself, like brings a bigger sense of connection with yourself and other people. Cause I know you talk about that in the book as well.
0: You mean wonder spotting specifically or Or just the, the, the topic of wonder
1: at all and what that has to do with connection.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, like I asked you that question of like, can you, you know, think of a memory of, of in your life. I find it that everyone has an answer to that question and it's really unique for each person and people kind of like they get into this sort of like yummy, kind of wondrous place when they talk about it. And they remember, and like I say, it's somatic, it's like they remember in their bodies like this feeling of maybe from childhood or something where where there's a kind of reverence for being alive and being in the world. And as someone who's experienced a lot of depression and anxiety in her life, I think I, I'm really interested in how do we create better conditions for those kinds of feelings to arise in us.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: as far as connection with other people, I think it's that open-hearted thing. It's like, so if you do say experience, you know, wonder at the, the night sky and you see the moon rising or something like really miraculous like that happening, you feel a kind of love for the world and that love like makes you want to protect the world, you know, Uh the planet, which is a really powerful and crucial thing at this moment in our lives. And I think the same goes for other people. When we are in deep connection and presence with other people, which is why there's a whole section in the book called The Wonder of Connection, it's like, that's how we can love each other better and see each other with fresh eyes, not like, oh, I know who you are. I know everything about you. Mm -hmm. You're like this. I know everything. It's like, we have to practice actually not knowing maybe our partner and being like, huh, maybe there's something new to discover a new way that I can see this person. And that further opens my heart to them and allows me to love them more. Does that answer your question? I'm not sure. Yeah, it does.
1: And and I... I love that so much. I love that this topic can bring in so many different elements of our personal development. And it seems like it's, um, I don't know if, if untapped is the word that I'm looking for, but just like underutilized, <laughs> under talked about yeah. is, is you know, getting getting to know what makes us wonder. And I, I actually thought of something else from when I was a kid. Now that I'm talking talking to you, I remember more things. Oh, so I want to hear. Yeah. We had, God, I must have been five cuz i we have pictures of me with the kittens and mm. our cat buffy she was this white super fluffy cat and she had like gray ears she had kittens
0: mm. and they
1: were um my mom had set up a cardboard box for you know her to give birth and it was like in the in the hall closet so you know she could shut the door and have privacy and yeah. and that, and the kittens were super tiny like i don't think that they had even opened their eyes yet and my mom had told me Don't pick up the kittens, (laughs) you know. Leave them alone to be with their mama for a while. We cannot play with them yet. And um, and I remember just being like, oh, I can't help myself. Like I can't. Like they're so cute. Uh I need to pick them up. (laughs) And I picked them up, and I got caught, and I got in trouble. But I I remember that. And there's a there's a picture of me again, probably like five years old, with one of the kittens wrapped up in a towel, and its eyes were open at that point. And I'm just like smiling so big. And so yes, that's a moment of wonder where I just could not. I had to hold it. I had to hold the camera. Oh,
0: exactly. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So sweet.
1: Well, tell us what does it mean? And you may have already answered this by talking about um the wonder spotting,
0: but what does it mean to be a wonder seeker? Yeah. So I'm still sort of living in that question, right? So the whole book is sort of me asking, okay you know, how do we create better conditions for this really incredible emotion to arise in us? How do we design a life that is full of wonder and therefore has us have this really vibrant experience of being alive? And um, so I think being a wonder seeker is someone who wants to live in that way. Someone who, you know, wants to seek beauty, um, is really vibrant and open-hearted um someone who delights easily have you ever met one of those old women that is just like isn't it amazing aren't mm-hmm. we lucky like i have a a godmother in san francisco who i'm just marvel at her because she is so delighted by life no matter yeah. what we're doing she's so excited about it and i'm like wow she's a wonder seeker like i want to be mm-hmm. like that i want to mm-hmm. be full of gratitude and present and in in total delight as much as possible by my totally ordinary life, totally ordinary existence. That's, Mm -hmm. that's interesting.
1: Do you think that if it were 2018 or 2019, like pre-pandemic, would you have written this book differently or talked about wonder differently, or is it
0: the same? Um, You know, I think I would have, it would be the same book, but it was all the more poignant to be writing it during 2020. And I think one of the reasons I got the book deal, you know, after like, you know, 25 years of like writing and blogging Mm -hmm. and doing all these things I've been doing, I think when we shopped the book and we were a month into quarantine, it really resonated and landed as like, oh, I get it. This is medicine for this moment. Mm -hmm. People need this. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was sort of divine timing in that way. And the the game for me, when I was writing it, I had a very short window. I had like four months to write it Oof. They to, Yeah, they wanted to publish it as quickly as possible. In fact, they they ended up moving the the pub date to, to later, but originally it was going to be this spring. And so I, in order to finish the book and to protect the energy of the book, I had to really shield myself from going down any, you know. Sort of dark paths in my mm-hmm. own mind during the pandemic. Because, of course, I was, you know, I was listening to the news and I knew what was going on. It wasn't I didn't just shut myself off, but I had a rigor about tending my, my spirit and tending my joy and tending my, my view of the world, which was yes, there are all these things happening and they're terrifying and they're anxiety producing and uncertain and all of that. And there was, loss in my life as well as you know so many so many other people's losses and i also had to ask myself this question of like and what else is here and i think that's the most important question again when we're rewiring our our brains it's mm-hmm. like okay yes and what else is here and the fact is that like There were hummingbirds everywhere when I'd go on my walks. In fact, the the birds were so loud during the pandemic because we had never been quiet enough to hear them, (laughs) right? And it turns out all my neighbors are amazing people that I finally got to know. And there was a wonder in that. There was a wonder in like the simplicity of our lives and how everything got stripped down Mm -hmm. and there was nowhere to go and there was no invitations to say yes to and that felt like a relief. And I don't know, it was like- um. Yeah. Like I said, there was something rigorous about holding to what, you know, I can say in Berkeley is like the vibration of joy and the vibration of wonder as I was writing this book inside of a really stressful time.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that answer so much because I think especially people with anxious minds like you and I, and mm-hmm. I think like so many of my listeners, it, and, I, and I think sometimes we are so far into it chemically. Mm. that this can feel next to impossible. But yeah. if you're not like asking asking yourself the question, I love that, what else is there? I also mm-hmm. love the question, tell me something good. Because yeah. I know when we're anxious, especially like I really struggled at the onset of the, the pandemic. I did a whole podcast episode about it. I was like spiraling <laughs> into like mm-hmm. all the negatives and all the what mm-hmm. ifs and, and the doom Googling and all of that. And so, mm-hmm. but it's like, if you're not too far down, you could ask yourself, okay, yes, things are really hard. And what else? Like, what's yeah. beautiful? What's wondrous and miraculous? What? And, and I think that gets thrown around in different formations in our industry, you know, about gratitude and things like that, but it's, it never goes out of style, <laughs> Because it works,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. And there have been times, you know. Okay, so another thing I really want to be clear about is that in in the book and just in my life in general, it's like this is not about stepping over what's hard Mm -hmm. and looking on the bright side or staying positive or go. You know, it's not that. It's it's really like meet what's here and be present with what's here. And what's here might be, oh my god, I'm terrified this morning. And you know, I'm terrified about money, or or something's happening, and it needs my attention. It needs me to meet it with compassion. Mm-hmm. And so, I think there are even there's even a couple of exercises in the book that are really about like um, meeting whatever shows up with friendliness, so that you can have the capacity to hold both the light and the dark. Because you know, so there's that Brene Brown quote that you probably know, Andrea, which is like you can't selectively numb emotions, right? Right. So if we numb the the, the hard stuff, then we're also numbing our joy. We're like narrowing mm-hmm. our range of what we are allowing ourselves to feel. And so to have access to wonder and joy, you also have to be able to be with what's hard and what's difficult. And when I say like meet what's here, it's like sometimes what's here like is that nothing's wrong and your mind is going cray-cray and your Mm -hmm. mind is going into these directions that aren't useful. And that's when I would take myself on one of those wonder spotting walks. Then it's like, okay, let's interrupt that because that isn't useful and I can't do anything about that. And let's like pivot and deepen this other groove for a little while and see if that shifts my energy.
1: Do you recommend people have like accountability partners in this work or, because I imagine for you and maybe people who have done this for a long time, it's, it has become a bit of a habit where you, fi- mm-hmm. if you find yourself kind of spiraling, you're like, okay, I need to go on a wonder sp- spotting walk or, or do, you know, something to, to pull me out of this mm-hmm. kind of rut that you're in. But I, I see people doing it as like in with the buddy system. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that what's really useful about the buddy system is first, you have somebody who you can be real with, right? So hopefully that buddy, right, is someone who you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm going down, I have like a dark cloud over me day, I can feel it, I think I just need to shift my energy, you know, we just hold space for me and I, you know, just know, mm-hmm. hold that knowing for me while I try to shift my energy or sometimes just sharing what's going on with someone can really help alleviate that. Yeah. Um. I mean, one thing that I do recommend in the book is to find a gratitude buddy. And, you know, I've done that in, in different times in my life, just via email, like somebody who I maybe want to get to know a little bit better Um, who's far away and we don't get to talk on the phone very often. It's like, you literally just send like three things like, you know, gratitudes today, that first sip of coffee, you know, the sky that had puffy clouds and, you know, my body doesn't hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe my dog is healthy today. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then, and there's no explanation. You don't have to create context. It's just like, you send that out and then at some point they send theirs back and, um, that's a really beautiful thing but you know gratitude at the times when i was most depressed felt very luxurious and lofty like are you kidding me gratitude mm-hmm. that felt very far away and so i think again that's why these little walks were helpful because if i could say okay what have i never noticed before what's interesting that was as close as i could get to gratitude yeah what's interesting yeah. I like that
1: almost baby step for somebody yeah. who's in that place. Yeah. Um, I cannot say that I have ever had anyone on the podcast that has talked about this. So <laughs> it's the oh. first. And I'm so glad. I'm so happy to have you on. Again, everyone, the book is called Wonder Seeker 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy. And where do you want people to go to find
0: more of you
1: and more about the book? Where can they get the book?
0: Yeah. So if you go to slash book, you'll find all the places that have the book, which are, you know, all the normal places. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you go to that page, you can sign up for the read along. So I'm doing like a Wonder Seeker read along e course. So we can do some of these activities in community and share about them. And I read from the book and just have like a fun little free e course. So once you purchase the book, be sure to sign up for that. And then fun.
1: um, yeah, I think that's how I actually was introduced to you way hmm. back in like I want to say 2010 because because uh, Brene Brown was doing a read along for. Right. I feel like it was. I think that um, the gifts of imperfection had just come out. And this was back when she just had her blog and it was MP3s. Like the people weren't really doing podcasts and she had MP3s on her site that were like embedded into her site. And you had to go there and do the read along. And I was doing that. And it was the first time I had found out that she was sober and that kind of put me on my path to do that. But that's why I was introduced to your work.
0: And that's when you Mm -hmm. were still a photographer, correct? Yes. And I had done her, I think her author photo for that book is one that I did. That's right. Okay, yeah. but we were connected in other ways as well. Yeah, that's funny. Yes,
1: and like I think Jen Lemon and Jen Loudon were were mentioned in that, and that's how I was introduced to to those amazing women. And um, that's funny how we we all come full circle, and <laughs> over a decade later. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm grateful for your friendship and your perspective on this and, and giving me and listeners a new tool to be able to put into their toolbox. And of course, everyone, all those links are in the show notes and, um, it's S C H E R your last name for andreashare.com. And anything that I missed that you have on the
0: tip of your tongue that you want to say before we close up? Oh my gosh. No, this was so great. Thank you so much. It's such, a, it's so fun. I didn't know I'd have so much fun talking about my book until I, until I started talking about it. Good. And um, I just so appreciate your questions and your curiosity and um, your sharing. So thank you. Made it so rich and great.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And thank you everyone for listening. I know how valuable your time is. And remember it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye everyone. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the show. And just a quick reminder that if your company needs a speaker or a trainer, I might be the right person for you. I speak and do keynotes on confidence and resilience for mixed audiences, as well as do trainings on The Daring Way, which is the methodology based on the research of Dr. Brene Brown. So if you think it might be a good fit, hit me up at support at andreaowen.com or head over to my speaking page, andreaowen.com slash speaking.